Delphi, Grandmaster Julie Scott. All people of goodwill should consider themselves citizens of Delphi. UNESCO. Few traditions in the history of the world have exercised greater influence in their time or inspired more intrigue throughout the ages than Delphi. For centuries, kings, generals, philosophers, and common people consulted the oracles of Delphi before making any major decisions. The injunction, Know Thyself, inscribed on the wall of the ancient temple of Apollo at Delphi, still inspires many people today. Socrates invoked the words of the oracle of Delphi at his trial in order to make the point that ultimately ended his life. Every four years, on off years between the Olympian Games, a truce was called, so that the ancient Greeks could gather in Delphi for the Pythian Games, which included not only athletic competition, they also included contests in art and music. The Omphalos, a conical-shaped stone, marked the navel or center of the world, which the ancient Greeks believed was located in Delphi. The Greeks always kept their sacred flame burning in the Holy of Holies, in the Temple of Apollo at Delphi. More recently, one of the most fascinating transdisciplinary scientific inquiries into the ancient world centered around Delphi. This issue of the Rosicrucian Digest explores these remarkable aspects of the ancient Delphic tradition and more. To begin, let us consider the site. Delphi is perched on the southern slope of Mount Parnassus, one of the holy mountains of Greece. The surrounding cliffs were called the Shining Ones by the ancient Greeks. Delphi is 110 miles, or 180 kilometers, northwest of Athens, and 6 miles, or 10 kilometers, north of the Gulf of Corinth. Before the Olympian gods invaded Greece, an Earth Mother tradition existed in Delphi for centuries, possibly millennia. The word Delphi comes from the Greek word Delphus, meaning womb. The Omphalos, or navel, symbolized by a carved stone, was placed at the location the Greeks believed was the exact center of the world. What closer connection have any of us had to our mothers than through our navel? Terracotta figurines of female deities or priestesses, including some seated on three-legged chairs, dating to 1600 BCE, were found in the area. And in the nearby Carician cave, thousands of knuckle bones were found. These bones are the hooves of sheep and goats that were used to draw lots or to obtain yes-no answers. They date from the even earlier Neolithic period of 5000 to 3000 BCE. There were at least four phases of worship in Delphi. First, there was the worship of the Earth Mother, Gaia, or Gay, followed by Themis, daughter of Gaia and Uranus, goddess of divine order, then Phoebe, a sun goddess, and finally Apollo, the sun god and god of music, poetry, art, 
cures, and prophecy, who arrived in the area sometime before the 8th century BCE. There were many temples dedicated to Apollo around the ancient Mediterranean world, and at least four temples were built for Apollo at Delphi. The ancient travel writer Pausanias reported that the first temple of Apollo was made of laurel branches, the second temple of beeswax and feathers, and the third one of bronze. The first temple was probably a hut. The second and third were sturdier structures later destroyed by a fire and an earthquake. The final temple of Apollo was grand beyond all imagination. The temple complex included the Sacred Way, a path lined with thousands of statues that had been donated to Delphi in gratitude for the advice or protection the oracles had given wealthy petitioners and city-states. There were also at least a dozen treasuries on the path leading up to the Temple of Apollo. Each treasury would have been packed full of riches, sent in thanks to the oracles and Apollo. Before entering the Sacred Way, guests would bathe in the nearby Castalian Spring, where the oracles also prepared themselves separately. About halfway up the walkway to the temple, one can still see the craggy Sibyl's Rock, the place where the earliest oracles presented their prophecies. Later, the oracles moved inside the great temple. Just beyond the Sibyl's Rock was a 30-foot or 10-meter column that supported the famous Naxian Sphinx. In front of the temple stood a colossal statue of Apollo, which is now missing, although the base is still there that was more than 50 feet or 15 meters in height. In the pronaos of the temple leading to the Holy of Holies were inscribed at least two sayings, Know thyself and nothing too much or nothing in excess. There may have been other sayings as well. In the southwest corner of the temple was the Adatum, the Holy of Holies where the oracles presented their prophecies. Pausanias described the oracle's inner sanctum. Just outside was a waiting room for petitioners. Inside there was a human-sized statue of Apollo made of gold, the Amphalos with gold eagles, the grave of Dionysus, also important in the Delphic tradition, the temple hearth with the ever-burning flame, laurel, and the oracle seated atop a tripod. The outdoor theater of Delphi was up the mountain from the temple, and the stadium was beyond that. The Delphic tradition, which began in the mists of time, ended in 394 CE with Roman Emperor Theodosius's edict that prohibited the practice of ancient or pagan traditions. In 397, Romans were given permission to use materials from the old Greek temples for public works projects, and by 435, any extant temples were forced to close. Little by little, the debris from Mount Parnassus buried what had once been one of the most important and revered sites in the world. Eventually, Delphi was lost, and a new town called Castri sprouted up on the site, 
By the 16th century, no one even knew where the old sanctuary had been. Then, in 1676, two travelers recognized an inscription, Delphoi, carved on a stone that by then stood in the kitchen of one of Castri's residence. The location of Old Delphi had been rediscovered. Still, excavation was slow. The Turks had occupied Greece for centuries, and Greece was at war for much of the next two centuries, struggling to gain its independence. In 1861, the French Archaeological Society began digging around Delphi. In the late 1880s, in a series of fascinating and somewhat questionable maneuvers, the French and Americans competed for the prestigious rights to officially excavate the site. The French won after allowing certain trade concessions to Greece. They also earned the right to pay for the relocation of every resident of Castri. Today, the entire site has been excavated, and the well-organized and beautiful Archaeological Museum of Delphi, owned and managed by the Greek government, shares its extraordinary collection with more than one million guests annually. Several of the old buildings have been rebuilt or partially rebuilt, and a few of the restored columns of the ancient Temple of Apollo now stand upright again. UNESCO includes the archaeological site of Delphi on its prestigious list of World Heritage Sites, thus acknowledging its outstanding cultural value to humanity. They note, quote, Blending harmoniously with the superb landscape and charged with sacred meaning, Delphi, in the 6th century BCE, was indeed the religious center and symbol of unity of the ancient Greek world. End quote. Few traditions in the history of the world have exercised greater influence in their time or inspired more intrigue throughout the ages than has Delphi. Even now, amidst the ruins, one can sense the force of this mighty tradition. And if you listen closely, really closely, you can still hear the voices of Delphi from so long, long ago.